Hello and welcome to today's episode of More Than Freud, a series of conversations between my dad and I about the many facets of psychology that I explored during my degree. For more information on who we are and the purpose of this podcast, feel free to refer to our introduction episode. In today's titular episode, we will be discussing what psychology keeps and discards from the work of Sigmund Freud, and why he's not quite the giant in psychology that he's made out to be. I was reading an article in a magazine, and they were talking about um, giants in different fields. They're referencing Copernicus, you know, in cosmology. Uh, they mentioned Darwin, obviously, in biology, and they mentioned Freud. And I was curious, you know, from our conversations before, is Freud considered a giant inside psychology within psychology departments? Well, so for sure, I think he's many people's entry point into psychology. You know, if you ask anyone what they think of, it's often the first name that comes to mind. But I think once within the field, he doesn't quite hold the gravitas that one might assume. So actually in the field of psychology and in many of my courses, he's often taught um, as more of a a historical artifact rather than kind of an individual with theories that are still relevant today. So I think kind of in general, Freud did change things within the field of psychology and history, but I think his theories necessarily didn't. Well, why is it then that from this article, why does everybody else consider Freud so big in psychology? I think a big part of it is that the link between Freud's theories and historical and literary trends kind of provides this extra backing behind a lot of his ideas. So, for example, if you think of Sophocles' Oedipus, you know, he kind of took that story and built himself into this historical legacy and kind of almost as if he was unearthing these centuries-old truths by forming this story into his own theories. So really, like, Sophocles did not write Oedipus thinking about a child and mother complex. Yeah, exactly. So I think by using kind of these literary stories and historical ideas, he was really able to kind of build himself into the fabric. So I'm kind of making his ideas in himself seem a lot larger than he truly is. I think, again, there's also kind of within social psychology, there's this idea that the more you hear about something and the more you see something talked about or an individual, you kind of assume that they must be important. So I think often with Freud, one reasons that because he's so well known, he must also be important. Because he is important, one reasons that, well, you know, his ideas must have some use. Otherwise, why are we all still talking about him? So he's like a social media star from 1800s. Exactly. And I think he also um, kind of his ideas have this sensational aspect that people really enjoy kind of grabbing onto and talking about. Yes, theories are definitely, I mean, from what little I know, are uh, sensational, uh, titillating, you know, Oedipus, uh, mm-hmm. and sex-driven. Yeah, for sure. So I think his, you know, focus on sex, which is kind of what a lot of people, you know, cringe at when they're kind of, and I think within psychology, it's what a lot of people kind of cringe at when they're talking about Freud. But I think those ideas, you know, in essence, they made for good headlines and good kind of locker room talk. And, you know, people can kind of laugh at, you know, those ideas. And even today, you know, like mommy, daddy issues, kind of those concepts are still really used. But I think within psychology, 
you know, he almost kind of gave the field a bad rap because people often kind of perceive, you know, psychologists as these kind of sex-driven kind of weirdos, you know, based on a lot of those ideas. So do you think that's one reason why psychologists are, or psychology is kind of backing away from Freud? They're just kind of embarrassed of this artifact? Well, I think that's definitely, you know, an element of it. I think actually the large kind of probably main reason that uh, as a field we backed away from Freud is that psychology works really hard to establish itself as a science. So, you know, I think the importance of the scientific method and of testing theories and it's really big on, you know, nothing's put forward and, and no theories are validated until there's been a rigorous set of testing. And so many of Freud's observations and theories were based on, you know, these patients who he would come in and he would kind of reason some sort of uh, theory around why they were acting a certain way. And then he would almost bend science towards him. So he would work backwards and then he would kind of come up with these theories and ideas that would solve their symptoms. So one major reason why psychologists don't tend to support psychoanalysis, which is kind of his main theory, is that it really failed to test the validity of the therapeutic approach. And since then, you know, it's kind of failed to pass muster in a lot of tests that have studied its efficacy. So and I think that idea is very important to the establishment of psychology as a science in general. Yeah, now you worked in uh, some psych labs over the last two years. Um, you had participants in psych studies. So you just didn't go back and uh, read through Aeschylus plays to come up with a theory? <laughs> no, not quite. So I think, you know, nowadays, you know, any undergraduate student takes numerous psychology and re or statistics and research methods courses. And so I think often to people outside of the field, it's kind of surprising actually how science and data-driven the field is. You know, we're not all just sitting on couches chatting with each other. So, for example, in the lab and in my most recent research project, you know, a large portion of that is dedicated to, you know, looking through literature to generate a testable hypothesis, then creating stimuli and going through a rigorous, um, you know, whole methodology to come up with these you know, some sort of ending statement that may or may not even, you know, see much about the field. So I think it really is um, that emphasis on the scientific method is really what's missing from a lot of Freud's ideas. Well, then if we think about Freud and in psychology, you mentioned so he's taught as a historical artifact. Is there anything from Freud then that we keep in psychology? For sure. So I think kind of the core belief of his ideas of psychoanalysis are that all people possess these unconscious thoughts, feelings, desires, memories. And so I think that kind of idea of these unconscious actions or these parts of our brain that we're not fully in control of or aware of is something that is still, you know, kind of an element of psychology today, particularly in clinical psychology. Um, so one of the main or most prevalent treatment methods around today is called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, which is used to treat a whole wide range of uh, mental illnesses. And kind of a large element of that involves, you know, through conversation or through activities, a rewiring of faulty brain associations that we often don't recognize in ourselves. So I think through that, there is kind of that element of this unconscious 
that um, we're not aware of and these behaviors that we're not aware of. The other one, uh, just thinking of it, that, uh, again, I didn't do psychology, but there's all those uh, stages, you know, um, oral, anal, uh, I guess the other would be genital, probably. And, and you know, I mean, anal retentive is, is a term that uh, is, you know, rife in our society, so we use it. I mean, are those kept? Well, so I think the idea of stage psychological development is still something that's very important in a number of branches of psychology. Developmental psychology, for example, focuses very strongly on a variety of different theories on stage psychological development. So I think it's not really those specific stages that we keep, but in general, just the idea that there is kind of a staged psychological development, especially when in our uh, childhood. So in psychology today, the fact that I had trouble breastfeeding doesn't mean that I'll be a smoker. Exactly, yeah. So we don't really, kind of back to that scientific method, there's not those, you know, really clear causation causational links so it's not as if one particular event in your childhood will lead to one particular event in your adulthood it's more an overall impression of your childhood and kind of the environment in which you grew up in which shapes your personality and behaviors later in life so we probably have like a massive conversation obviously about this uh beanie psychologist but what would be like in summation, like two myths and a truth that we might take away from Freud in psychology today? Well, for sure. So I think kind of firstly, overall, just those kind of popular culture terms that we hear so often, you know, again, you mentioned anal retentiveness. So just that idea and many uh, Oedipus complex, many of those ideas were not truly founded in anything. It's kind of these Things that, you know, he had an over-reliance on sex, namely, but also literature. And he kind of formed those things into these ideas that have now permeated our society. So, so those think, are the myths. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we've been living with these myths. Okay. Yeah, come more or less. Um, but I think that in truth, kind of the idea, his idea that we do have an unconscious and there is an aspect of our behavior in life that we're not fully aware or in control of and it's you know he often described it as you know your conscious is like one light on in a huge dark mansion and all the rest of the space in the mansion is your unconscious so you know the idea that there's this vast area of our mind that we're not fully in control or able to access is something that I think psychology is still grappling with and trying to understand today okay thank you very much thank you Thanks for listening to today's episode of More Than Freud. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please comment and rate us five stars wherever you're listening. We'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast and we hope to see you back here again.